Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. This is Q&A 150. This is June 27th of 2023. And um, I'm really excited to go over this podcast. We're starting a new month of July. Can you believe it already? Uh, before we get started, I'd like to share a couple little stories. I'm back riding Rocky since my left hip replacement. It's been about four weeks now. Unfortunately, between rain and the farrier trimming them short, I've lost a few days. So um, my goal was to try to ride them three to four days a week, like every other day. And um, But I think we probably have about 14 rides in. So it's been really fun getting back on him and riding again. So I'll look forward to possibly getting back on Briscoe again too this fall just for getting her back in shape. Um, but Rocky did about two weeks of groundwork in May and then been in the saddle in June and just so happy to be riding again. It, it's, it feels great to have that perspective of being back on the horse where I'm happy and um, been doing lessons on him. Also just riding him on my own at a walk trot in the arena. Just like I said, getting his leg back up. So really happy to be back on and pain-free. That's awesome. I did several clinics pain-free and now riding pain-free. And now I'm just working on physical therapy for strengthening and flexibility. So that's awesome. Um, let's see her. And then, you know, I have my little Woodrow and he's uh, 11 weeks old now. So it's like having a newborn, but we're getting a routine. We wake up at five every morning and do chores. And then he takes a nap at eight, hopefully during my lessons. And um, anyway, so we, <laughs> we, we're getting a routine, but it's fun to be, you know, the thing about young horses, Rocky seven and, and um, Woodrow's 11 weeks, the thing about them is it really makes you live in the moment, be very present. Um, they require that of you where for a long time, my dogs passed away from old age. My horses were retired from old age and, you know, my son went off to college and into the real world and my divorce after 25 years of being with the same person. All those things are closures. All those things are endings. So it's fun to have some new exciting beginnings and, and all of that. So I think that's important for us. I think sometimes when we look forward, we get anxious. And when we look backwards, sometimes we'll get sad missing someone or something or, or whatever. And I think living in the present is the place where you find that happiness and you're just present and grateful and thankful and just enjoying life. So I hope that's where most of you are. So um, last week I saw on Facebook, I think we had our state finals. I'm trying to remember Florida state finals. I think it was la not this last week and the weekend before. Um, excuse me a second. I needed a drink. Um, the win the winner of it was Kristen Haunchy on her Smooth Way to Heaven mare that she calls Mouse. She ran a 14-0 in the finals, won the first go-around, second go-around 14-4, won it with a 14-1, and then finals with a 14-0. So I did a slow-motion video review of the 14-0. It's definitely a push horse. So I hope you guys um, enjoyed watching her style of riding. She rides a lot like a coach as far as riding a horse square and balanced into the turns. Her first barrel, she takes her pocket on the backside, but you can really see she rocked that second barrel, but she stayed two hands all the way till her leg got to the barrel. Um, and then third barrel, uh, that mirror really powers out of it, but you can see how square she rode her into the turn. So I thought it was good to see in slow motion. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I also saw, saw that she posted on um, 
Facebook afterwards that wins will come and go, but God will always love you. And I thought that was really the best thing I kind of read on Facebook last week. But it is very true that no matter what's going on in your life, wins or losses, God's always there loving you and hopefully your family and your friends as well. So, um, so just, you know, that's what it should be. It should be fun. You should enjoy it. You should want to be your personal best, but also, um, you know, be happy too and enjoy the whole, the whole, you know, process. So a couple of things, we're going to have a book club. We haven't done a book club in a while since the end of 2021. I had you guys do the Donnie Taylor uh, let's see, Heart of the Champion. Now I recommend at Amazon, you can buy a book called Horse Confidence, um, Confident, co the Confident Horse or Horse Confident. I, I, I might be saying that right. Horse Confident. And by Kathleen Daigle. And uh, she's actually an animal communicator, but she puts God first. She, you know, talks a little bit about her life when she was a child. She was very sick and um, she has a good family life but she was very sick, but she always had these, um, uh, feelings that she could, you know, like kind of like a medium or whatever. She could communicate with people that maybe weren't there or something. So she had these feelings as a child and she was sick, but people made her feel like she hid it her whole life because people made her feel strange about it. And then of course, um, down the road, she gets embraced by the, um, animal communication, and gets embraced by the barrel racing world. And she ends up doing uh, horse communication for a lot of the NFR riders. The way I heard about her was on the Chance Conrado Gage podcast. Um, Kathleen Daigle went on there. That was her first big break um, for her. And, you know, it was fun to listen to that podcast. And, and like I said, some people think, you know, that kind of stuff may be of the devil or bad, but she puts God first. God's very much, she feels like it's all, you know, God is first for her. So, so if you want to read it, you should. I thought it was really cool to hear things from the horse's perspective directly. And that's what this um, July is going to be about. We're going to be talking all July's challenges are going to be about, um, oh, I forgot to say, on the Horse Confidence book, Kathleen Daigle, um, she actually uh, did for, uh, let's see, um, Brittany Posey for NFR Writers, I'm trying to think. And, of course, that's the way she got hooked up with Chance was he she worked on J-Lo for Ivy Conrado or Ivy Hearst, I guess, her wedding name. And um, so she did several NFR people. And then she also does like Pete Owen and Ashley Schaefer uh, between the reins. So different people, um, Futurity, NFR level have used her um, now. Many, many, many people use her to communicate with their horses. And so the book is kind of cool because it kind of comes from the horse's perspective and what she's learned um, about them and, and gives advice to you. So I really enjoyed the book and I thought it'd be a nice summer read for y'all if you wanted a summer read. Um, it's really well written and it's a lot of the same advice I give. I just like how she does it from the horse's perspective and, um, and it's very well written. So I thought that was nice. But, um, so anyways, July is coming up this, this weekend, Saturday, July 1st. Um, so we are going to have new challenges. The first challenge for skill is going to be a combination of loose rein riding and contact riding. So I'd like to have you alternate, um, for one, 
day a week maybe for 20 minutes because it's hot now these are not days you want to go for long trail rides with bugs and heat so you'll be doing longer i'm mean, shorter rides maybe in the arena so one day do loose rein riding and that's where you would walk trot and lope maybe straight lines or circles and your horse is on you know a loose enough rein that you're maybe three inches from contact where you could pick up the reins maybe horn high to get control not have to go head high but um and the horse goes the speed in the direction you say until otherwise. What this does, it teaches a horse to respect your communication of cues, also uh, speed control. You would only pick your hands up if they're going too fast. Otherwise, they're working off of your neutral body position and, you know, any leg cues or whatever. Um, and then one day a week, you're going to do contact riding. And the reason contact riding is important is because Let's say you have a horse that comes from reining horse training. Those horses don't usually do so good in barrel racing and the contact riding because they want to rate down or slow down too much. So, um, and maybe not keep that forward motion. So by teaching a horse maybe to break in the pole more like an English horse or dressage horse and ride the hindquarters up into the bridle, that helps that horse learn that, hey, you can... If I have to collect you before a barrel, rate and shape you before a barrel, you can still collect and go forward and around the barrel instead of stall out and anticipate or lose forward motion. So I think both are beneficial. There's videos for both in the members only and the group, loose rein and contact. So go ahead and you can search for those um, or ask me and I'll be posting some in the group over July as well. Um, let's see here. So that's going to be your uh, skill. For mindset, July is going to be all about uh, intuition and principles. So one thing you could do, do if you've been in the group since January, you've already done this, but, um, but for the other thing, for people who've been in the group for a long time, what you're going to do is start listening to your intuition. That's that gut feeling that you have when your horse is trying to communicate with you or when... Um, when, uh, you know, you feel like something's good or bad or right or wrong, um, that's what I want you to start listening to. And write it down when you have those kind of intuitions or gut feelings. And then I want you to write down your principles too. There's many methods of training horses out there, but if you know your principles, that's important. Like some principles for me would be like, a horse can't get hurt, I can't get hurt. Um, the horse ends calmer than we begin. Or, um, you know, just things like that. I make the wrong thing difficult, the right thing easy. I tr base my training on uh, love, respect, trust, and communication of cues. Those are just a few of my principles. So you write down your principles. You also start listening to your intuition. For those of you that have been with me a long time, you've probably done this, but those of you who haven't, you're going to also write down your purpose and your passion. In January, we did this for everybody, along with a one-minute positive sprint. This is what gets you back motivated or disciplined to ride or to compete or get you back in the zone and centered before competition. And um, that would be an important thing for you to do as well. By writing things down, you retain it more. Uh, I'll be doing the personal best drawing for June uh, on July 1st. We already have, I think, 20 names. So that's awesome. Congratulations. If you had a personal best, let me know. You could win a free month in the group where I draw one name or one of my prizes. Um, let's see what else. Housekeeping wise. Um, 
If you send me a video, um, I already did quite a few Sunday and Monday, and I have several more to go today. But if you send me videos, remember to always please send me the arena name, the winning time, your time, if it's a different horse that you're on. And, um, and that usually gives me enough information so that when I put it in the Coach Now app, if I need to go back and see how you did in that arena last time, it's easy for me to find and compare um, if you're making progress. So let's see here. What else did I want to talk about? We talked about the book club and the videos, personal bests, the challenges. All right, let's get into the Q&A before the topic for today. Um, let's see here. I feel like when I practice, um, I ride one way. And when I compete, I ride another way. And um, I don't even realize I'm doing it. So that is very confusing for your horse. Um, and you need to be careful about that because your horse needs you to use the same cues in competition that you use in practice, whether it be on the barrel slow or drills or dry work. Um, so let's say, here's an example. If you go to first barrel in practice with some weight in the outside stirrup, looking in the hole, using some inside leg, shoulders and hips are even, um, you know, looking between their ears. And then in competition, you drop your inside hand, let your inside shoulder and hip go forward, your weights in your inside stirrup and you're looking down their neck. Of course, they're going to have a terrible first barrel because that's not how you practice. So that's just an example. And same thing going to second. If in second you practice going straighter longer and weights in the outside stirrup and and then you go to compete and you look at the barrel two strides before and, and sit and lift, you know, in competition, those are all, or maybe pull on them with two hands versus go to the horn. All those things are going to confuse the heck out of them. So if you're not sure, send me a training video how you practice and I can compare how you practice and how you compete and we can figure out that's why you're having trouble in your runs. So um, keep me posted on that. And then um, what are areas to help to get a horse to relax? So if a horse is hot, um, just riding at home and competition, the first thing I would look at is diet. Um, the second thing I would look at is how I tune up. Well, as far as diet, um, you could back their feed down. I've seen just taking the feed down, change alleyway issues, change horses that can't walk on a loose rein or be calm in the arena. Um, you know, maybe go to Timothy Hay and less alfalfa or orchard hay and less alfalfa, or maybe just get rid of feed and, and just feed a mix of, uh, grass hay and alfalfa hay, whatever, um, you know, if you need just to do a little feed um, to get their supplement for them or whatever. But pay attention to supplements too. Over supplementing can cause horses to be too hot. So diet can really make a big difference. Number two is fine tuning during the week. If you have a hot horse, you want to do more walking or sit jogging, a lot more collection work, transitions where you're collecting a lot, um, not just, you know, extended work. Uh, a lot of hot horses only know how to lope fast and trot fast. They don't do a sit jog or a collected lope or they can't walk the drills um, or walk the pattern or, or, you know, don't know how to just slow jog it, things like that. So definitely do that. Um, if it's uh, do the same tune up or warm up at home that you would do at a show. So that way it's consistent as well. The third thing is to make sure they feel good. If a horse is in pain, it could be body pain, ulcers, um, their front feet. It could be a multiple thing causing a horse to be hyper if they don't feel good. 
joints you just never know and barrel horses it's usually going to be front feet and hocks their hardest on but it can be compensation anywhere neck shoulder si it can be a multiple of things the fourth thing is your mental game make sure that you are riding relaxed not just breathing in and out slowly but literally relaxed in your shoulders and your hips and your hands and your legs everything's relaxed and you're you don't have a big agenda you know Ride like you're sitting in a recliner chair or you're going to go on a trail ride. That will help that horse a lot. And keep that same mental game at home at competition where you're relaxed and, you know, you're just tell your horse, you know, smooth and pretty or whatever helps you stay calm. The fifth thing would be changes in your cues. If you're a rider who holds two reins tight, that's going to get a horse that's already hot more on the muscle. Try to ride one-handed loose reins and only pick up your hand if they speed up and then put it right back down. Uh, using give and take cues, that can help. So you can do one rein stops, disengage their hindquarters. Um, there's things like that. You can do circles with face flexing. And you can be in a snaffle or side pull and split reins to do this. You don't have to put a bigger bit or a tie down on them. Sometimes more pressure makes things worse. Again, it depends on the horse. And um, everyone's an individual. So those would be five things to look at. The next thing I want to talk about is keeping a journal. It's really important to keep a journal. And um, those of you that have been with me a long time, you know I sell my Amazon on Amazon, my barrel racing log and performance tracker. It's only $10. It's 50 pages. But you need to write your stuff down because you have a short memory. We all do. I can barely remember what I did two weeks ago, much less a barrel race you would go to six months ago. So um, in this my my barrel racing log uh the first page is about your 10 things to work on for your mental game there also talks about the journal's purpose um writing things down helps you retain it and um it's important it's really important to do that so um it also has my favorite quotes and then the next page um when you go from page Three on to, I believe, page seven is horse keeping records. So room for several horses. You'd put the name of the horse, their date of their last Coggins health certificate if you needed to, uh, the deworming schedule, date and product use, your last dental, body work, uh, the date of your last sports wellness exam, vaccines, the type of hay and feed you're feeding and the quantity, your weekly riding schedule, like if you ride four days a week or three days a week, um, you know, if it's drills, dry work, trail rides, whatever, just jot down a few things that you're maybe your key points of your warm up routine or your mental game, um, what training and competition bridles you use, uh, any dates of your, you know, specific shoeing or trimming, uh, needs, uh, any supplements given in the amounts. And the reason this is important is because, uh, let's say you have a horse that has, uh, injections once a year or EPM treatments once a year or something like that or they get legends or adequan so often or um, you keep them on Prevacox who knows what you know uh, Cozaquin you know anything like that um, you want to write it down so that if all of a sudden I say to you what's changed you can go oh yeah this has changed and you know if you start having good runs or bad runs you need to know what's changed and that's where that will come in handy. And then the next mini pages from nine on to the back of the uh, book is um, the barrel racing log. That's where you would write down the date and arena name, your mileage round trip, added money, entries, total entries, your horse's uh, name, 
So then you draw a number, winning time, your time, entry fee, winnings, what you liked about your pattern, good or and good or bad. And then you could even draw the the ground. I mean, draw the pattern. You could write down what you thought of the ground, mental game, anything, each one. So that way, next time you go there, you just have to look back and um, track it. And then at the very end, page 42, you would write down your year-end total um, summary totals. So the horse's name, total runs made, entry fees, and total money won. This is important for those of you that do this for a living and use it for tax purposes. But some of you may just want to track it just to see how you did for the year. Um, and, and maybe that would help you decide what pins you want to go to, where, where you maybe increase your chances of winning more often arenas your horse likes or whatever. Uh, the next page, 43, has a positivity and vision board. That's where you would want to write down quotes or sayings that inspire you. 44, page 44, has one-year goal and reverse engineer it. So you could write down your one-year goal and then a weekly or daily schedule to help you reach that goal. Um, because by being disciplined and keeping a schedule that, you know, every day I'm going to work out, every day I'm going to ride, or one day I'm going to work out, the next day I'm going to ride, whatever your schedule is, um, that will help you get that goal. Like right now I have a huge to-do list. And if I look at the to-do list on a whole, I get freaked out. How am I going to get everything done? But I just said, you know what? I'm just going to do one thing on my to-do list every day. And then pretty soon, boom, 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 I'm crossing off my to-do list and it's getting smaller and smaller. But instead of trying to take a huge chunk of it all at once, I just do one thing in a day and I can fit that in around everything else. TLC, my horses, my ranch, all of that. So um, mental toughness is page 45. That's where you would write down how you plan to center yourself or get yourself in the zone. By writing it down, You, whenever you're not focused or kind of, you know, getting in your head too much in the zo no go or no go zone, I call it the no go zone. Um, you would go back to that page and read that. The next thing that's important is page 46, having a custom pre-race routine, like when you're going to arrive at the show, sign up, checking the arena, the warm-up, everything down to the details of when you're going to put your leg boots on and your rubber bands. Um, maybe you you'll visualize your run, you'll pray, your one or two things that you head to the alleyway thinking about. Um, the next page, 47, is your five things that you want to improve on for you and your horse. And that can be skill or mindset. Um, and that's a good thing to write down because it'll let you remember how far you've come and how far you are. Um, and then add things, you know, as you go as well. There's a checklist for what you would want to bring in your horse trailer for your horse, your person, maybe staying overnight, your truck and trailer. There's a gratitude page writing down one thing a day that you're thankful for by staying thankful it keeps you with a positive attitude and keeps your perspective uh healthy so the other the next thing page 50 is having that one minute positive sprint where you would write down if you're in the go or no go go zone would be your calm you're confident you're focused you're positive and you're present in the moment no go is if you're starting to doubt your horse yourself or having negative thoughts so you always want to get back to your go mindset before you ride, train, or compete. So I wrote down a one-minute example in there of how to do that. So that's something you can buy on Amazon for $10. And I promise you it really helps your performance level increase by having a plan that you write down and check back in with. So that's important. Uh, the next question was about how many wrinkles I like in a bit. Me personally, if it's an O-ring or if it's a lifter bit, I like zero wrinkles or one wrinkle max. 
Um, I don't want to have a horse smiling and having two or three wrinkles. I think that's overkill. Um, again, it depends on the individual. Um, some horses, if they're too loose, they'll put their tongue over it or play with it. And then um, some horse, you know, if it's a sliding bit, you might want one wrinkle. But me, my general rule is none or one. So, but I don't want to lose, you know, but not hanging in the mouth either. So you can also switch up your chin strap. If your horse is sensitive, you might go two fingers. If they need a little more rate, you might go one finger. Um, I never go three fingers. If they're that sensitive, I'm going to go with a string or a leather uh, chin strap versus a chain. Um, the next question is, my horse uh, stopped picking up their left lead and they're standing with their boy parts dropped out. Uh, when they're hanging out a lot and they seem a little wobbly on their hind end and I realize it's been a year since I um, did EPM treatment do you think that could be the cause yes absolutely if it's been a year get your vet out those are all not normal things so if anybody listening to this uh, starts knowing that their horse doesn't want to pick up their lead or doing odd things that they don't normally see like favoring one leg or you know standing different than they do it's definitely worth getting a vet or a chiropractor out to check them if you know your horse had epm certainly have the vet back out and get a treatment plan in in plan form again um you know this is a time of year where we have mosquito-borne illnesses a lot of things can be going on so definitely use that intuition and pay attention to your horse's health. So, um, but thank you for telling us because that, you know, what you're dealing with, someone else might be too. The next question is, would I use Lasix for preventative? No, I would use it if I had a bleeder though, because I don't want my horse's lungs filling with blood in competition, or I would retire that horse, or I wouldn't want to run them in the summer or the spring whenever maybe bleeding is harder on them. Um, but I would go natural personally for preventative. Uh, Dynamite has great products like Hiscorbidine that you can give daily for lung support. They also have a product called Unimbio um, that you can get pretty much anywhere. Just Google it. Um, and Unimbio, you mix with water and put it in their mouth before each run. That's really good as a, a coagulant for blood. Um, that works good. I use trace mineral trace concentrate minerals a few drops in their mouth before and after competition as a preventative um, so I go natural personally as a preventative you have to work closely with your vet though if you do have a known bleeder and if it bleeds out their nose it's a good chance they bled in their lungs so um, talk to your vet too about time off antibiotics and such after a bleed sometimes a horse will wait till after you bathe them and they put their head down to eat grass and they'll big, have a big cough and blood will come out minutes later. Um, so, you know, that's definitely all things to be noteworthy with your veterinarian to talk to them about. And it, a lot of them show up in the humid months when it's harder to breathe. I have a hard time with asthma breathing in the humid months when it's hot. So keep that in mind for your horse as well. Uh, let's see here. Now we're going to get into the topic. So as I mentioned for July, principles and intuition is going to be our thing. So I want you to write down your principles. Um, I want you to pay attention to your intuition. I think I answered all the questions. Looks like it. Just remember that um, we all have a left side and a right side of our brain. Most trainers um, are going to be aware that there's uh, intuition, like we have our gut feelings because we have experience. Um, we have a problem-solving side, problem solving side of our brain as well. 
So experience comes for horse trainers by, you know, riding six days a week, as many horses as they can for many, many years. Um, so, but you can shorten that. You can shorten that by having a coach, having lessons at clinics, um, and they can save you a lot of time that you maybe wouldn't have the problem solving and intuition experience that they would have. So that's something to keep in mind for yourself as well. But you also have to look at horses because this month of July is going to be about horsemanship. You have to think about how horses are. They're very simple. They're very present. They don't get in their head a lot like we do. We get in our head way too much. Horses are very like keep it simple and very present. Um, Horses are also herd animals. They get their confidence um, and and their calmness from a, a leader that is trustworthy. Um, so you need to be that herd leader that is a calm, confident, trustworthy leader for them, the head of their herd. Um, the horses are awesome. 90% of what we ask them to do um, is probably cues that would be a mistake made on the pattern. Um, but it could, the other 10% could be uh, if they don't feel good. You know, it could be their neck, their pole, their TMJ. Um, you know, every horse responds different to different products. So for instance, if they don't feel good for me, maybe I like Advil versus Aleve or you like Tylenol versus Advil. Um, and it works differently on you. It's the same with horses, whether you're using natural or, or, um, RX with a vet, it always works a little bit different with each. And that's why you got to track things and see what's working. Cause whenever people tell me, something's changed they're not doing as good as they were I always say what did you change and it can be a saddle a bit how the horse is feeling rider cues it can be a multiple of things with horses a lot of times it can be stuff that you wouldn't even think of like I said front feet hind gut ulcers um sometimes for that kind of stuff having a pre pre pre-race um pace that soothes their stomachs you could give that to them before you even load them in the trailer some horses actually get motion sickness just like a dog would in a vehicle and they you know you get that horse that gets diarrhea when they haul that could be a horse that's just their stomach gets upset when they ride in the horse trailer so that they may be a horse you want to give that calming pace or that ulcer pace before you load them to soothe their stomach from you know getting upset um so there's a lot of things you need to think about when you're dealing with that with horses. So like I mentioned before, I would love for you to write down your principles and what your intuition has taught you with horses. So with the topic of horsemanship, if you could speak to your horse and your horse could speak back to you in English, what do you think they would say to you? Number one, um, I don't like how serious you are, or I don't like how nervous you are, it shows. Um, Would that be something your horse might say to you? (laughs) Number two, um, I just want to have more fun. I want to go trail riding instead of all these stupid drills. I want to play more than all these serious rides. I want to have some fun rides. Is that something your horse might say to you? Might your horse say to you, let me do my job, trust me? Um, Number four, would your horse say to be quiet and just listen to me? Number five, would your horse say stop over kicking and whipping me? Um, Just use your energy and smooch at me. 
Um, number six, would your horse say that my alleyway issues is because of your nerves? Um, really think about that. Write down what you think your horse would say to you. Um, and what got me thinking about this was the animal communication book. And I actually had a, a animal communicator work on my horses. I, I never said, I never did while I was married because I always said, oh my God, that would be the straw that broke the camel's back. I would certainly get a divorce if my husband found out I used animal communicator. But after my divorce, some of my clients wanted to have uh, uh, Myra from Ocala come down and do communication with the horses. So she knew stuff she shouldn't have known. She didn't ask me who was coming to my barn. Um, she just said to have them write down the questions they had. And when she got there, she would meet with them. So some of them wanted to, didn't care if they met in public or some of them wanted their sessions more private. But because I knew each rider and each horse, I knew that she was nailing them left and right. And it was like dead on everything she was saying. And then I decided to go ahead and have two of mine done. And I was really surprised by what my horse's opinions were. And it really made me look at my horses differently. It was crazy stuff. Like my girls were complainers. Um, at the time, uh, Buddy, Belle, and Maggie were retired. And sister was on um, break because of an injury. And Briscoe came out and started telling Myra that she didn't like how she was the only one that had to go barrel racing now. And wanted to know why no one else had to go anymore. And wanted to know how the other horses got to be in that one pasture and not have to do anything. And then she was saying sister was faking it. And I mean, just things she sh that lady shouldn't have known. Because I didn't tell her about any of my retired horses or that sister had an injury or anything. And, um, and then Briscoe told her that I forgot to put my leg boots on her one time. And oh my gosh, I've been running Briscoe for what, 15 years? And I forgot one time. And then the lady said she also doesn't like she's saying she doesn't like certain leg boots she liked the leg boots she used to use and I used to put her in polo wraps instead of the combination boots and she liked the polo wraps better apparently but literally I went to a barrel race and I was running three horses back to back and I had laid all their boots out and I just forgot because I was hurrying from one horse to the next with Briscoe was in the middle I didn't put her boots on and she literally ratted me out to that lady one time in all this years so so it made me realize that wow your horses are very observant. She even asked where the man was uh, that doesn't come to the barn anymore. And my husband used to go out there and clean the stalls and give her treats on Saturdays. And um, she asked where he was. So it was amazing to me that this lady was able to communicate with my horse that way. And then when sister came out, you know, sister said she didn't want to barrel race anymore. Um, she also, uh, you know, wanted to... Uh, would do she said she would do my clinics and lessons because she knew everything and she liked doing that she said she liked pony and the baby as long as he didn't bite because that hurt um and that was when rocky was very young and i was using her to pony rocky and she didn't again know any of these things about my horses so it was funny to get my horse's opinions even though they were whining a lot I was so shocked by it, though. I didn't have like rebuttal questions like, why don't you want a barrel race? Or, or, you know, why do you not want to be the only one going? Or, you know, do you want to retire? I mean, I should have had other questions, you know, prepared for their answers. But I was pretty much in shock and was like, you tell them I bust my butt for them seven days a week. They can go to two barrel races a month. You know, it was, it was um, kind of funny, but, but, um, but yeah, it was, uh, it, <laughs> It was just kind of shocking, 
But it made me really think about, you know, horses do have their opinions. And what would my horses say to me? What would your horses say to you? And that's what I would like you to think about. Um, the next thing I want to talk about um, is for you. Um, this is important for you. Have you decided um, what you want? You know, do you, do you want to have your own ranch? Do you want to travel? Do you want 1D or bust? Um, and I really feel like, you know, uh, like for me, I always knew it was I wanted to make my own 1D horses. I wanted to have my own barrel horse training business. And I planted that seed. I said it out loud. And I asked God for it and I worked towards it. And I spent the last 30 years doing that. And um, so I want you to be specific. When you want something, you need to write it down, say it out loud, pray about it and, um, and work towards it. And it will come true. The second thing is really being thankful from your core. I think that's really important. A lot of times when I wake up, I go, oh, I'm tired or I don't feel good or I need some coffee. And then I go, no, stop for a minute. Just give thanks. Thank you, God, for this day. And Lord, I don't even know what to pray right now. But Lord, just pray that you guide me. And I'm just thankful for everything in my life. And sometimes that's all I have in me that morning. And that's all that comes out. But, you know, you really do need to be thankful from your core. Um, the third thing for me uh, is uh, you have to really try to um, think from your soul and your heart. Um, if we are trying to stay in our comfort zone, comfort zones are our safe places. But if we want to get to our next level of where we want to go in our life, we have to do things that are a little scary. And changes are scary. So a lot of times when we think with our head, we want to be safe and we want to be comfortable. Um, but, but if we think with our heart, we're willing to take some risk and and get to that next step. And for me, God was in my life in a lot of ways. When my hip got hurt and my ex stopped paying alimony and I had this big mortgage and my couldn't train horses, I was scared. And I mean, I literally had to sell my ranch and pay off this ranch and everything came together in a week. I sold my place in a week. I found this place in a week. And um, it was insane. And just everything worked out perfectly. The amount I had in equity was enough to pay this off with a little extra. And um, and it just made my life so much easier. Well, I could get back on my feet. And then I found this lady that, that taught me that I could take the 30 years of training that I had in my head. And I didn't need to train anymore. I could be a coach full-time, clinics, lessons, virtual coaching. You know, and, and she was a copywriting lady and it was a $500 course. It was the best $500 I ever spent. Um, that was during when COVID hit. So everything was just one bad thing after another. 2019 and 2020 was a pivotal moment in my life that I had to completely get out of my comfort zone and change a business that I had established. I had to move 80 miles north and start over. Um, I had to get the hip surgery and had to wait till I could get someone here to take care of my horses and me until I could do it on my own after the surgery, plus save the money for being off work for a month. Um, you know, it was just a lot. So it was, you know, what, two years of my life that uh, I had to deal with all of this stuff from 2020 to 2022. Um, 
it was a lot. <laughs> so, but, but look how well it's come out on the other end. And it gives me now a purpose and a goal for the next 15, 20 years that I can be a full-time trainer. I mean, a full-time coach and not a trainer uh, with the lessons and the clinics and the virtual coaching. So it gives me a shift and um, it gives me that peace and happiness. And that's what life should be for everybody. So you want to have light and joy and, and, and sometimes, you know, to make things better, doesn't necessarily have to be bigger, but just have to write down what you want. For me, it was actually simplifying. It was having a debt-free life, just living expenses, no debt, and living a life that was uh, true to my heart. You know, my ranch, my horses, my dog, my family, my friends, um, and, you know, and, and my business, you know, and having all of those things in order. And, and then moving forward out of pain now and enjoying life again. So, so everybody's got their own deal that they're going to go through and try to go towards. So you should, number one, set your goals for yourself and for your horses. Um, and we're going to, like I said, go through all of this stuff over July number and break it down more. So number two, you're going to ask yourself a question for about your horse or about yourself and you're going to listen to your gut instinct on that you know be quiet and really listen to that um and then number three you're going to make some choices and you're going to take some actions to move yourself forward and um you really want to destroy those fears that stand in your way um, and as I mentioned before, you want to really try to stay present with your horse and your experience um, with your horse. You're not riding with your past run. You're not worried about the performance you want to have that day. You're just in the moment. Um, you know, and, you know, you got to take care of yourself. That's really important. I learned, too, because I if I could have worked out, you know, everything a little bit faster with my hip and all of that, I could have not been in pain for as long and you know just everything took a little longer than I wanted it to but but it is what it is so um you know those are just things that I learned um if you have a support system and you can move forward a little easier that does help but um sometimes you're not though sometimes you're on your own and you just gotta figure it out on your own and that's just the way it is. And, you know, you just pray on it and work at it and work through it and it gets there. So, so like I said, sometimes you take, have to take a step back and just like, okay, how am I going to get from, from here to there? And in the moment, it seems overwhelming like that to-do list. But if I just do one thing on my to-do list per day, pretty soon my to-do list got really small. So, so I just want to, um, talk about that as well, you know, really, um, where our focus is, is where our energy goes, so be very thankful for everything in your life, um, enjoy it, don't take things so serious, um, either you're learning, if, if you're having issues, those are teaching moments, or you're doing well, and you should be happy and proud of yourself for that, um, but just try to, uh, you know, follow your, your path as much as you can. Um, I find that, um, having faith and having patience is what got me through from 2019 to 2023. Uh, 2022 finally, you know, really got 
uh, got on track with my business and now 2023 is getting back on track with my personal and, um, you know, but it was, uh, you know, I had to have a lot of faith and patience for two years and the timing of God is perfect. It's not always, um, maybe the results or the speed that we would want it. Um, but it happens. So you just, sometimes it happens when you least expect it. Um, and sometimes we wish it would happen sooner, but it doesn't. So just stay the course and do your thing and things will get better. Um, you know, that's what I really believe in my heart is, is, um, is the truth of that. So, so we will be getting, um, next week, we'll be talking about 12 different principles. And, um, so meanwhile, I would like you to write down your principles. Um, some of those principles, just to give you an idea is, uh, are things like working with the horse that you have today. Um, instead of going out there and, you know, being like, okay, I'm going to get this, this, and this done. You work with that horse that you have today. And that comes down to that intuition part of, of listening to your horse. Um, you know, are they, you know, their energy high, are they shut down? Are they ready to flight? You know, um, all of those things are important. You know, horses are all about energy. They can feel if you have butterflies in your stomach before you compete and they'll start to paw or like Rocky and I were riding the other day and he spotted a coyote before I did. So, um, they're just very aware of their surroundings. Um, you know, the, the next thing is about not losing your patience with horses, um, and trying to end all, all on a good note. Um, the third thing is making the wrong thing difficult and the right thing easy. And we'll talk about that. Um, you know, um, the fourth thing is kind of setting up games that are successful with your horse to get where you want to go and making it fun for them. Um, the next thing, number five, will be, uh, you know, choosing where they work and when they rest. That's important as well um, because... Uh, if a horse, you know, you've got to know, like, for instance, if a horse doesn't want to go, let's say they want to speed up back to the barn and they want to go slow away from the barn, you would do the opposite of that, you know, um, or if they don't want to leave the herd, you work them around the herd hard and then only rest them away from the herd, things like that. So we'll talk about all of those things. They are very important as well. Um, and then you kind of have to create your plan before you go out there and do it. That's number six, um, uh, is having a plan and how to execute it, knowing what your plan is. Um, and you also, number seven, want to set your horse up for yes answers. Um, so that way you know that they will uh, know the answer before you ask the question because you've broke it down into so many pieces for them. Um also, only changing one thing at a time, number eight, that's so important because if you change five things, you're not going to know what's working or what's not, and you'll have to do those five things forever. <laughs> so by changing one thing at a time, it's important. Number nine is um, anticipation. That can be your best friend, and it can be your worst enemy. We want our horses to think, rate, and turn a barrel, but we don't want them to rate and turn a barrel before we say it's okay. So same for us. We want to know where our spots are, but we want to make sure that we're not uh, asking for it too soon. So we'll get into that in more detail as well. Um, 
number 10, doing the opposite of maybe what you, you would think like kind of doing, um, let's say my horse doesn't want to rate first barrel. So when I'm all done riding and I've done all my transitions and rate work, instead of getting off my horse at the barn or the trailer, I'm going to get off my horse at the first barrel. I'm going to make the first barrel the place where we stop, relax, and I pet them, you know? So we kind of want to do the opposite, um, kind of like how you, with teenagers, you know, you want to make their idea your idea. And then 11th thing would be application of your aids, making sure you really know how to use your aids when and why. Sometimes I see people using inside leg when they should be using outside leg and, um, and it, you know, they're trying to get a horse closer to the barrel, but yet they've got their inside leg on them instead of their outside. So these are all little details. You got to make sure you're using your cues correctly. Um, the next one, the 12th one would be to isolate, um, your cues and then, and then, you know, be able to do them separate together you know, so being able to combine them, but also do them separate. So sometimes I may do only a hand cue. Sometimes I might do a hand and a leg cue or um, do just body or maybe body and voice, you know, so kind of mixing that up. And then finally, the last thing is, um, is about my relationship with my horse versus the horsemanship with my horse. So those are actually 13 things that we will be discussing over the next month. And, um, I really hope that you guys found this podcast uh, intriguing and it kind of uh, had some light bulb moments for you on things that you would like to improve with your horse and you. And uh, that is my goal when I do podcasts is to um, maybe answer questions, but also inspire you to just take your level of training just a little bit more. So uh, like I said, the rest of the day, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six more videos to do today. And that's what I will be working on. So, but I'm going to go ahead and close with um, just saying that uh, always have faith over fear and just never give up. And everything you do, lead with love and your day will be, uh, feel really good to you. So thank you for tuning in. And as always, Ride with heart and God bless.